again, as some of you know her. Um, and we would love to introduce our kids to you, but they are hopefully asleep. Uh, we'll see. We might have uh, a pleasant uh, interruption. Uh, probably we will. But, probably. Put my money on that. Yeah. Um, and actually, you know, this view of our house looks pretty good, but we're sitting on some of the last pieces of furniture that uh, are in our home um, because most of it has been shipped to Denmark uh, as of like last week. So um, we are moving to Copenhagen, Denmark um, on a, uh, you have to hide the chat because Nikki's saying lies and things like that. <laughs> Um, but yeah, we're moving to, to Copenhagen, Denmark, and uh, there's a job opportunity for me there. It's like a two-year assignment, and we plan to come back here to Atlanta at the end of the two years. Um, and, you know, in the meantime, we've, you know, been connecting. There's a small church, a sister church of ours over there in Copenhagen, uh, about um, 35 or so disciples. And, uh, and so we've been talking with them and you know, it's been a long process, and we can share some about that later. Um, basically, around January, the conversation started, and then COVID, and you know, but uh, we're we're effectively uh, flying out um, in about three weeks, so pretty crazy. Um, and uh, and we and we have decided that the plant behind us is is going to Genesis. How do we hide so, these comments? <laughs> Uh, That's hilarious. They're great. It is it is a beautiful plant that Jen has uh, uh, it's, it's spoken for. Yeah, it's spoken it, is, for. it is spoken for. Um, so, you know, it's it's certainly bittersweet for us. We, um, we love this ministry so much. Um, you know, I don't know. There's a lot we could say. And I think we can say some of that later. But... Um, you know, Jen and I were like, wow, what do we, what do we talk about? What do we share? You know, uh, what, what do we want to say um, to all of you? And, and there's a lot that, that we could say. Um, <laughs> so it's hard to sort of settle on something, but, you know, we're just, we just really relish the opportunity to, um, to have this time with you guys tonight. And, um, and what we want to talk about tonight is really the kingdom, the kingdom of God, and it's power for this ministry. It's power for our lives. And how we've seen that power played out in this ministry and also just, you know, in our lives as well. Mm -hmm. um, and so we're going to share some of those things. I'm going to share a scripture, literally just one. You guys can hold me to it. Um, and Jen is going to share some thoughts uh, about ways that she's seen, seen the kingdom of God uh, in this ministry and, again, in our lives. And so if you have a Bible... Uh, I'm assuming you all do. If not, you have a phone app or whatever. Flip over to Matthew chapter 13. And we're going to be in verse 44. And if you're the note-taking type uh, and you like to write down, you know, lesson titles or whatever, this one could be the power of a kingdom orientation in a disoriented world. The power of a kingdom orientation in a disoriented world. And Cameron, you alluded to this earlier, you know, when you were praying, but it is like really, <laughs> you know, we've been talking about it for eight months or whatever. It's a really disorienting world. Like the other day I was looking for, somebody was like, hey, there's another hurricane in the Gulf. And I was like, oh man, another one. And then I went, you know, on my news outlet and tried to find, 
you know, some news about this Hurricane Sandy that we're all Sally, Sally, whatever. Mm -hmm. uh, that, see, I don't even know the name. Um, that we're all sort of experiencing the rain from right now. And I actually couldn't find anything about it. I couldn't find anything about this hurricane <laughs> because like the news was covered with like all these other disasters, whether it was like COVID numbers or presidential debates and you know, whatever, uh, Trump versus Biden stuff or um, you know, uh, another like situation of police brutality and like the list goes on. And like Hurricane Sally was like somewhere way at the bottom. Oh, there's like, like the West Coast is burning too and all kinds of things. Um, and so it was just like, I can't even, I didn't even know like there was a hurricane until the other day I looked and I was like, holy cow, like we're supposed to be going to Florida and there's a hurricane right there. Um, it just goes to show like we, we are like inundated with sort of bad news right now. Um, we're like in bad news 2020 and you know, that can be incredibly discouraging and, uh, and disorienting. I know, um, there's a story, I don't think, you know, Matt, I know you're on, maybe Finn is on too sharing the story about their, their child, but um, they, Matt, my nephew, uh, Finn, was uh, in a park, uh, maybe this is a couple of weeks ago, with, uh, with his mom and dad, uh, Matt and Katie and, and Emma. And uh, Finn, you know, as he is, he's very bold and, you know, gets into plenty of trouble. And uh, so he runs off, he's running down the path in the park and you know probably traipsing off in the woods somewhere anyway he comes running back like screaming uh as if he's seen like a monster or a ghost and most likely Finn's not really afraid of stuff so they're thinking like it's a snake for sure like this huge snake um or some you know something like that and you know Finn's like hiding in the woods in the tree like like freaking out and they're like Finn what is it what, what did you see and and he goes humans humans are coming down the path <laughs> and it's like you know we're telling our kids like run away from humans like they might have you know <laughs> they might have the virus and uh stay stay in out we say we say an alligator's distance away right um that's what we tell our kids like just stay an alligator's distance away from people out there uh and so already you know a four-year-old is like oh my gosh humans are around um so we're all incredibly disoriented and it's a, it's an incredibly disorienting time and you know, I think there's something that can really uh, ground us, and that's the kingdom of God. And so let's pick up here in Matthew 13, in verse 44. Jesus says, the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field, which someone found and hid. Then in his joy, he goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. And, and that's the text. That's it for tonight. Um, and so what is this, this kingdom of heaven? I, I think we hear, uh, we hear this, this kingdom of heaven or kingdom of God. Um, you know, we hear this concept a lot. And it seems, you know, I think a bit abstract. Um, but I want to break it down. And I, as I was sort of reading, um, you know, different takes on, on a definition of the kingdom of, of heaven, what really stuck out to me was that what this really is, it's, it's the reign of Jesus in our lives. It is the rule and the reign and the kingdom of Jesus of which he is a king uh, over this world and in our lives. And taking it, you know, kind of one step further, somebody else defined it as the present and future 
saving reign of God and Jesus. The present and future saving reign of God and Jesus. And so when we think about, we, we read this, you know, this guy, he's, you know, kingdom, Jesus is describing the kingdom of heaven. But what is this? It's, it's everything that is under his, his rule and his reign. And he goes on and he says, what is it like? Is like a treasure hidden in a field, which someone found and hid. Then in his joy, he goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. And I don't want to like separately analyze each section of this too much because parables, there's usually one main point. And the, the point of this is Jesus is saying, look, look, my rule in your life, the rule of Jesus in your life and in my life, is so valuable it is so valuable that losing everything on earth you know if you were to lose everything on earth but you were to gain this rule and this reign of jesus in your life then this this is a happy trade-off this is a this is a great trade if you can if you can have his reign if you can have his rule if you can have his kingdom in your life and have nothing else in this world, then, then Jesus is saying to you, and Jesus is saying to me, you, you are a lucky man, you are a lucky woman. You are, you are happy, you are joyful. You have more than anybody in this world has. And I think the question for us when we read this passage is how valuable is this rule of Jesus in our lives? How valuable is it to us? And I think we have to we have to really sit on that sometimes. You know, we really have to think about that. We really have to marinate on that. The value of the kingdom of Jesus in our lives. You know, speaking of this, this hypothetical man that Jesus is talking about, he happily sold it all, right? Um, you think like he must have been working towards something in his life, right? Like he has, he has possessions. He has something to sell. Um, in, in this parable, he, he sort of stumbles upon this treasure. It wasn't as if he was looking for it. The next parable, the one about the merchant and the pearls indicates somebody looking for fine pearls. But in this one, he's, he's not looking. He just sort of stumbles upon something that completely changes his trajectory. I mean, this guy was like, he was just living his life. He was doing his stuff. He had, he had possessions, let's say. He had a home. He had things that he was working toward. Uh, another perspective might be that he had a worldview, right? He had, a, he had a perspective of what was valuable in the world, and he was, and he was you know, ascribing to that value. He was working toward that value. He was, he was investing in certain things, and all of a sudden, he finds something that completely changes his perspective. He finds something that, that turns his head 180 degrees and he says, oh wow, I thought this was valuable. I thought these things were the it things, but now I have found something that is clearly so much more valuable that not only do I say this is more valuable than my other things, I'm going to get rid of all the other things. I am going to sell everything and I am going to invest over here. I am going to buy this field. 
wherein lies this treasure so that this treasure will be mine. Even if I have nothing else. Right, like that's, this is, this is the story that is coming here, that, that Jesus is telling us about the kingdom. And so one of the, worlds, one of the words that really sticks out to me is that there's joy, right? There's joy in what he's doing. It's not like, oh man, this is a tough one. I don't know. I'm going to have to think about this for a while. Um, what he sees, he, he sees the value and there's joy like, oh man, it's sort of like, this is a bad analogy, but if, you know, you were the only person who knew, you know, that COVID was going to happen and you wanted to profit off of it, and you were like shorted all the airline industry or something like that, um, you know, you'd have this like incredible return or whatever. You'd be pretty happy about that, I guess. But terrible example compared to like what this guy, what this guy is appreciating. He's like, this value is so much greater. Everything else pales into comparison. And I think that's something to sit on is just the joy, like the, the incredible um, joy with which he is receiving the kingdom. I think I'll leave it there for now and let Jen share a little <laughs> bit um, about the value of the kingdom and things like that. Yeah. Um, I couldn't let tonight go by. Well, one, I'm super honored to be able to share with all you guys tonight. And I love um, this Zoom, actually, because I'm like scrolling through all these faces. Um, I see you people eating over there or whatever, too. Um, but it's just such a joy as I look across the screen and just see people um, that I love and admire and respect and have poured into and have poured into me. Um, so I'm just incredibly grateful um, to be here tonight to be able to share. But I thought um, when I reflect with this group on our move, I can't help but take in and just be overwhelmed with joy thinking about the last seven years we've invested in this ministry. And it's kind of crazy, like seven years, what? But it was seven years ago, we moved into this tiny little thousand square foot apartment in the city and decided for me to start grad school. We were down here and we're like, wait a second, why are we driving up to Marietta, like 45 minutes away, hour 10 on a Wednesday night um, to do church somewhere else? We need to do church here. So there was um, a group of us and there's some, you know, hardcore Jackie Webbs out there who have been in the city longer. Um, and outdate us by far uh, in that regard and love for, you know, being in Atlanta. But um, we, a group of us, had a vision. The Spirit put it on our hearts that we should be doing church in the city, in our communities. We wanted a place where every person present at church would be engaged. You can't be lost in a crowd. You can't be um, hiding in a pew. You're there, you're face to face with your family. Um, we had a vision that um, everyone from all life stages would just share life together as it is, wherever it was, that, you know, it's not like, oh, people over here need to be with all the people doing the same life stages that they're in right now. And so we wanted to share all of our life, like everything about our lives with each other, wherever that was. We wanted it in our homes. We wanted people to see our space to really be brought into our lives. Um, and so those are just some of the things like we really wanted to be with our neighbors and 
be with our coworkers where they live. And so um, God just really burned it on, you know, a small group of us um, in the city, just put it on our hearts. And it wasn't for about two years before uh, what you now know is in town was even getting going between that stage and then real in town. Um, but we just kept believing that God really put us, put this on our hearts. And um, y'all, we had so many meetings. You think that meetings are bad now? We had so many more meetings than this. <laughs> trying to really advocate for this vision. And so um, I just think it's, it's amazing to reflect on because now I see it's not because of us, it's because of God, but we see this ministry in the city and uh, I am just so proud of this group of people. And um, I know it's taken a ton of sacrifice and love and investment of a lot of different people over the years, but I'm just incredibly grateful for this group and amazed by what, um, God does with a seed of faith and what God does when we submit to his kingdom. Yeah. And, um, I'll say that sometimes, you know, then the not fun part of the kingdom is that there's a king and there are servants and there's submission, um, to authority and there is just obedience. And so in our lives, living in his kingdom is often just sheer obedience. The joy doesn't always precede the obedience, the obedience, and then there's joy. And so in our lives and in our family, in our marriage, in our finances, in our parenting, um, in the way we share the talents we have, we have decided and not perfectly to submit to his kingdom, to do it his way, to obey the scriptures and follow in Jesus' footsteps. And, um, and it's just sometimes because he says so, which I think is a funny, you know, parent thing, like, cause I say so, like sometimes it's just cause he says so. Um, and so we believe that, you know, we should have a great family group. So here we go. Uh, let's just throw some people in. We don't have any relationship with. So for me, not all of these are true for both of us, but the new relationships that we did not have ahead of deciding to serve in the ministry. Um, Casey knew Jeff from high school. I'd never met Casey Morris. Um, Jeff had never met Mike Sampson. We had no idea who Chelsea Brown was or Terrence. Uh, I didn't have any relationship with Carter and Steph ahead of in town or the Rosadors or Cameron and Maggie McKenzie or Grace and Charles Kim or Donovan Fisher or Rachel house. Like just, even that list, it's not comprehensive, but that list of people, like there, there would be no other reason or situation with a few exceptions why these people would be brought into my life if not for saying yes to Jesus. If not for saying, okay, God, I, how can I serve? Here we go. Who are the people you want to send into a family group? How can we make this family? And uh, later it was like the Davises came along and like, I just, now when I think about that and the special place those people hold in my heart, I'm just amazed. Like, thank God, literally, I said yes to those things. And I'm so grateful I did because those people hold like some of the dearest places in my heart and have meant the world to us and our family over the last five or seven years. So we just kept showing up. We shared our home, just the little thousand square foot. We 
tested how many people, how many warm bodies you can possibly fit in one space and how much creative seating you can have. Um, but we could have said, our place is too small. We need to find somewhere else. But we didn't do that. We shared our home, many, many meals, um, everything about our lives. I mean, we've, in this little place, you know, we've done grad school and like crazy tests and certification and two children and all kinds of stuff in the last bit that we've just shared and people have come alongside us and supported us through all of that. Um, there are so many, there are thousands of small sacrifices. I work as a PA at a hospital in a really intense job in pediatric cardiac surgery and you got a draining 12 hour shift and guess what? You're coming home to host midweek at your house, you know, after that 12 hour shift. And I'm not saying anybody needs to be a superhero here, but I'm just saying you just say yes. And so the house is messy and you're eating pizzas. People are, you know, frozen pizzas. People are walking into your house. Chelsea's, the first one the door. Chelsea's always early and just walking in without ringing the doorbell. And that's why I love her. Um, you know, it's small children are running around and bedtimes are disrupted and it's noisy as they're trying to go to bed during midweek. And it's late night on the porch and people are pouring out their hearts to you. And it's, Sitting in every, I hope Bridget's on here because, you know, religiously Thursday nights, we were doing Bible studies every week for months. And I got more and more pregnant as the Bible studies went on to the point where like, I remember the late Bible studies being like, okay, we can't sit for long. It's going to have to be a faster Bible study because I'm too uncomfortable. Or can I lay down on the couch while we do this Bible study? And it was just, we were sharing our lives and Again, it, they were sat, in the moment, I was not like, oh, for the joy set before me. Oh, wow, this is just, you know, it was just like, okay, this is really hard, but I'm just going to obey, and I'm just going to do this, this thing that I really believe God is asking us to do. There's so many reasons we could have said no. There's so many excuses, um, and our daughter woke up from bed, um, but there are so many reasons we could have said no in all those years. I mean, so many. Um, and I, I'm all about boundaries. I'm not saying that you should just always say yes to everything that comes your way. But um, there is not a yes that we've regretted saying. And, um, and we had to say no sometimes. We knew that about to have a baby, we probably can't do stuff for the next couple months. And that's okay. Um, so we definitely knew when to say no. But there was never a yes that we regretted. Yeah. And when we made all those, and, and I, I'm also really encouraged by the scripture. I just think about like, we were delighted to share with you not only the gospel, but also our lives. It's just one of my favorite scriptures because his kingdom is more than just obedience and showing up to events. It's the sharing of our lives with one another, our hearts. Um, and y'all, when we set up in that group, we had no idea what would be in store in all of our lives in the coming years. And this is just my little like uh, soapbox. But there's a really beautiful reason why a family group should stay together for five years. Because you share a lot of life and you see each other through a lot of seasons. And so if you can, don't break up those family groups every six months. But anyway, I'll get off my soapbox about that. <laughs> um, but there, we just had no idea what was ahead. Um, and uh, there were some really, really hard times ahead in a lot of our lives. Um, and uh, I'll get into that a little bit more later, but everything that happened, it wasn't, it wasn't Jeff and his talents. It wasn't me. It wasn't any perfect recipe of a family group. It was God 
using willing vessels to do his work. And because we decided, and, it, and it's like his, like you think that communion, that shared gift of him, it was his body broken and shared in our lives. And we ate of that together and we shared of that body together. And um, man, we saw lives broken and remade. We saw souls saved. The gospel overflowed from our hearts and, and our lives into those around us. We saw the foundations of godly marriages laid. Um, we grew closer to the Father, and we definitely held up each other's arms when you just when our strength failed, and we were flat on our faces. And uh, we just saw we we decided to submit to His kingdom, and it just became manifest in our lives. Like everywhere we turned, God was doing His work, and so. It's first, you know, it's all about like we're giving, we're pouring, we're making, we're obeying, we're sacrificing, you know, all these things. And then we hit some of the very darkest days of our family, our little unit, family unit's lives. And um, I had a really severe bout of postpartum depression after the, well, after my daughter was born, um, for sure. But then um, in a more severe way after my son was born. And we don't have enough time to get into all of it tonight, but it left me totally non-functional. I couldn't hold my baby. I couldn't do anything. Um, suicidal. It was, it was the darkest days of our family's lives. And um, we, we were just brought to our knees. And it was like six months of this. It did not go away quickly. Um, we were needy. We were vulnerable. We were completely dependent and at the mercy of the people around us and what help they might offer us. And those three words, healthy, um, needy, what do they say? Vulnerable, independent. Those are three words I like cringe at, like, please don't ever make me feel that way. And we were way in there and we saw all the roles reverse in our lives of like, okay, this is, we're supposed to be like serving this family group or leading this family group. And, um, whew, man, I just get emotional even um, thinking about um, the way that people showed up in our lives for us. And, um, uh, man, I just, we, we lived here for seven years, and so I walk the same routes. And um, I was walking recently and feeling reflective. And I just said, wow, this is holy ground I'm walking on because um, God has showed up for us in so many ways in here, in this stage of our lives. And when I think about the history of our lives, I just think about God's faithfulness to us. And it wasn't the absence of suffering. It wasn't the absence of challenges, but it's that God just keeps showing up. And the way he showed up in our lives was you. And um, I mean, just miles of walking with friends and meals just showing up from nowhere. And I, I think for like probably 60 or 70 days, every day we had a meal. Like, I don't even know where they all came from. I can't keep track, but we had, we had meals just people showing up and either cooking what we already had in our fridge or just like, Hey, I dropped off three meals at your door today. And I mean, people, I don't like, 
I had no relationship with and people just came and served us and um, people just sat with me as I wept and um, prayed for me. I just, I'll never forget Carrie and Janine Davis. Um, I know they're not on here tonight, uh, but hold very special places in our hearts. And um, they showed up and, you know, they're like in their, well, I don't want to assume their age. Uh, they're older than us by a decade or two. Um, and they came and cleaned up our house and took our kids. I remember Carrie just like being on the floor playing with the kids and um, changed dirty diapers. And, and I just remember thinking, this is only his kingdom. Like, where does this happen? Where these people who barely, like who are new, a very new relationship in our lives show up in this really scary time and meet this very deep need in us. And I can only say that it's just his kingdom. That's what it is. It's a group of people who have dedicated themselves to his kingdom and his rule and his dominion and are just showing up and saying yes. And I mean, guys, it was daily manna. I mean, every day we would, I would fall asleep being terrified of waking up the next day. So I'm like, how are we going to get through it? How are we going to do another day of this? Like we're barely hanging on. Like how's Jeff going to keep working and how are kids going to stay fed and who's going to hold them? Cause I can't. And just, I mean, just like an every day, like miraculous manna from heaven showed up. And so much of that was through the people in this ministry and in our family group. And these people, we didn't know a few years ago that we had just decided to all come alongside and, and love God together. So the history of that is amazing. And then like fast forward present day. Okay. So, um, we like January, we're like, okay, let's pray again. That like, maybe if we should go somewhere, you know, if God wants to send us overseas somewhere, like let's really be open to that and just like put that out there again. Now guys, this has happened like three times and God just like, no, no, you're not going anywhere. You're not doing anything. It's not the first time we were like, okay, God, you know, we're open to whatever you're going to do here. We prayed. We prayed for his will. We prayed that he would open the doors, an opportunity um, to take our family overseas. Um, the, the major factor was, you know, where can we go that there would be some kind of place where we could serve and encourage and there would be some kind of sister church or situation that we could really help support in some way. And again, you know, people are like, oh, well, you know, are you going for the job? Are you going for the, and I'm like, it's all of it. We go because we lay that all at his feet and God works all of it together. And so we're not going to make a decision to go somewhere without there being a spiritual purpose in it. Are we going just for the mission? No, because we also have our lives and our career. Like it's just, it's, it's who we are encompassing of every part of our lives that we make these decisions. And so we're like, okay, like I was, I was, Vietnam was on the list. I was rooting for Vietnam. I'm like, yes, I can do tropical. I can do like exotic, like, yes, let's go to Vietnam. And then everything opened in Denmark. And I was like, I might as well be Timbuktu. Like what cold and Northern European, like, I don't get it. I don't understand that, but that's where God is leading us. So we're going faithfully. Jeff's really excited, but, um, we, uh, then that was January, February, right as we're in negotiations with the company in like March, COVID happens. We're like, okay, this is exciting. How, what is this? Okay. 
surely by the summer, everything will have cleared and the way will be, you know, we can definitely go insert like holds on passport processing, travel bans. I mean, you name it, it happened. Okay, guys, like we were just like, this is not gonna happen. And, but here we are, we have nothing left in our apartment. It's all in a shipping container. Except the fiddle effect. Um, and these chairs we're sitting in. But everything else is headed out to Denmark, and God has made the way, and we believe, I mean, something could still change. But we believe it's where God is, is taking us, um, and we're trusting his leading. Um, okay, so international move. We've got small children. It's a global pandemic. Woo, okay, we're, like, really living on the edge here. Um, and then God brings in uh, Greg and Stacy. I hope they're on the call somewhere. I don't know if you guys are here, but I hope you are. Um, one of Jeff's coworkers and his wife, who had been to the OG house church back at Jacob and Lawton's old place when we first met as um, a house church. And, um, but a friend at Jeff's work that they just shared lives and Jesus over lunches and friendship. And then in the midst of everything that's happened the last couple of months, they said, hey, we want to dig deeper in our faith. You know, we want to really dig in here and know more and learn more. And so we're like, right now, God, uh, we're about to move to Denmark. What? <laughs> we don't understand, but we've learned to say yes. We've learned to, to do it. God calls us and we're going to do it. So we said yes, and it's been uh, such a joy. I mean, their humility, their openness, they're watching the magic of the gospel in someone's life, watching the healing power of Jesus in our lives. I mean, it's just incredible. It's like one of the greatest privileges in my life is to watch that all. And it's one of the most faith-building things I, I do, I think. Um, and so, again, we're just... It's not us, obedient vessels. It's all we are <laughs> for God to do his work. And that's just been an incredible gift, but could have been an easy no. Like, uh, I don't know, it's kind of crazy right now. We got a lot of excuses, we're leaving. You shouldn't hang out with us. And then uh, our dear friends, Jacob and Sharon, they got engaged. Uh, I don't know if they're on the call, but um, they're like, hey, so could you do some premarital counseling? And we're like, global pandemic, international move, small children, studying the Bible with some people like, yes, okay, let's do it. And again, like what a gift to watch a couple make all the, the godly foundational choices in a marriage together and watch the magic of Jesus's way working in a marriage and seeing that just be so manifest in our lives, his kingdom manifest. And I, don't, I can't keep going on and on, but there are just like a million other miracles that we've had the privilege of witnessing in this ministry. And um, you guys have been the kingdom manifest in our lives. The gifts you got, I mean, oh, I just start looking at, I can't look at Nikki's face right now. Um, like the gifts that God gives us in his kingdom, in each other, it is the pearl of great value. It is the treasure in a field. It is Ooh, that joy, you know, and I think of the scripture, you know, what is our crown, our glory, our joy? Is it not you? And um, I just don't think there's a better way to use our time or to use our love or to use our talents than to invest it in his kingdom and to say yes. And um, y'all, we're so imperfect. 
Um, did I mention that in the middle of all this, I had like a total faith, not during COVID, but a few years ago, I had a total faith crisis, was ready to walk away from God. And God's like, no, 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 you got work to do. You know, it's like, I mean, we're just, we are not the perfect vessels, but God has a way to use us. And so as we embark, you know, to Denmark, we don't know if it's going to be a desert. We don't know if it's going to be a mountaintop. We have no idea, but we know we're going to do it his way. We know that we are going to submit to his kingdom wherever we go. And that is absolutely worth it. And so we know God's got us, whatever may come, global pandemic that never goes away. I don't know what's next. Um, but thank you for teaching us that, for making this truth so clear in our lives. We're incredibly and deeply grateful to this group of people. Yeah. Yeah. Well said. I didn't expect to cry three times. <laughs> A lot of feelings here. Yeah. Wow. Um, yeah, but that was that was awesome. And so I want to. We were thinking about doing breakout groups. I want to be respectful of people's time, and and so uh, we'll, we probably won't won't do that tonight. But we want to end with a visualization. We've um, done that a lot in our family group. Yes, we we tend to like visualizations. Uh, before we walk through that, you know, I just want to sort of prime everybody. You know, what we're going to be thinking about in this visualization is, you know, Jesus as the King. And the sacrifices and the gifts that we're bringing to the king and, and the joy that we're receiving uh, as a result, the, the full life that Jesus promises, right? Life to the full, uh, rest for the, for the weary. You know, all his promises that he's offering those in the kingdom. Um, and so just start thinking about that and just start putting that on your heart. I'm going to, we'll play a little music and hopefully there's not some of the technical difficulties and all that, but um, we'll, we'll play a little music and, um, and, and walk through this visualization. So get in a comfortable position, um, close your eyes if, if that is helpful to you. Um, Can I just play it? Yep, go ahead and play. Great. Cameron, give me a thumbs up if you can hear the music. Very quiet right now. Thumbs down. Oh, wait. I know. I know what to do. Gotta do, do this bad boy. Here. All right. All right. Here it comes. Thumbs up. Super. Always helps to have a little music to focus. All right, so if you want to close your eyes, you approach the king. He's enthroned in glory. He's full of grace. He says, come. You approach 
with your offering, your sacrifice, your hope. One by one, you lay them at his feet. you up. He says, here is my joy. He says, here is my rest. He says, here is my peace. says, here is my kingdom. Amen. So that concludes our time tonight, everybody. It was uh, a gift to be with you. <laughs> a lot of fun and uh, very encouraging to our hearts to see you guys. It's a wrap, Cameron. We miss you. Jeff and Jen, thank you so much. Uh, appreciate your sharing your hearts, and we're um, we're all gonna we're all gonna miss you, um, and excited to hear about how saying yes in a new country and a new church and a new job um, 
all the ways that God uses you uh, in Copenhagen. So we love you guys. Uh, thanks everybody for joining tonight. Um, we'll be meeting family groups next week and then by life stages again on the 30th. Uh, but other than that, that, that wraps us for tonight. So we love you guys and enjoy, uh, enjoy the rest of the evening. Thanks for joining. Safe travels. Bye. Bye.